um just wait a beat or two like once we've, we're done talking for the files to upload and then you'll be able to x out and we can go from there okay um i'm gonna record myself uh, is it gonna be a bothering that uh, i've got reflections in my glasses no, I mean we're just recording the audio, so I might I may grab a screenshot, but um, it, yeah, okay. it, it's really just audio purposes. We're joined by, <clears throat> oh excuse me, <clears throat> do that again. We're joined by Michael Snipes, instructor in economics at the University of South Florida. Thanks for having me, Michael. Thank you for being here. And Pat Largo with Shopperpalooza. Pat, thank you. So, Pat, I want to start with you. Shopperpalooza is in its 13th year, having taken a year off because of COVID-19. So, for folks who aren't accustomed to it or aren't uh, acquainted with it, what is it and how has it changed in oh, those 13 man. years? Uh, Shopperpalooza, it's, it's the biggest uh, small business shopping event, small business Saturday and Sunday event basically in the United States of America. And it has grown ex exponentially since we first started in that 2009 uh, year when I think we had maybe 30 to 40 vendors and begging people to be a part of it. Um, and now we're at Vinoy Park, which is 11 and a half acres, and we use every inch of it. And we have 365 vendors and food vendors and trucks and everything is local mom and pop independent uh, owners that are there, uh, uh, entertainment. It's, it's a two day event that is literally, it's like the Super Bowl of shopping. And the best part is it's all local. It's, it's just, um, it's great to see when you talk about community coming together, that's what the best part of it is. It's two days of shopping and getting ready for the holidays, but seeing people come together on November 25th and 26th, um, from all walks of life. And it's just so cool. I'm getting a note from my producer. Would you be able to just maybe move the mic a little closer to you, Pat? Okay. I'm getting a little bit of echo there. Um, so you've got a lot of vendors. I, I noticed on the website that um, the you know it's it's sold out or it's booked out, so to speak. So right. no more space. Um, how soon does that happen? Like how much? How much? time does it take uh, it was quickly going from up? 22 to this year it happened uh, within a few months this year we haven't even done obviously this year's shop of palooza yet and we're about half full for shop of palooza 2024 so right now the word has spread over mm -hmm. the years where uh it's amazing how many people uh and vendors want to be a part of this event knowing how this event can literally change their lives in a couple of days So it's kind of seems like that's one indication at least of consumer confidence, right? If you have a venue like this where uh, people are eager to, uh, you know, put their stuff in front of folks and, and, and be a part of it shows that people are, are ready to at least sell their, their, their products. Presumably there's a, there's a market for it. So I wanted to bring you into this conversation, Michael. The National Retail Federation is forecasting record holiday spending in November and December, with Americans spending up to 4% more over 2022. That's up to $966.6 billion. What do you make of that? I mean, what, what are you uh, hearing in terms of 
what you're seeing from people's um, confidence, what they want to spend. Yeah, well, it's definitely season. the case that uh, the economy is is strong. I mean, all, all of the numbers that I've seen, the, the big macroeconomic indicators like unemployment levels, like inflation levels for the entire country are, are really all trending in the same direction. Uh, and, and it would be interesting. I hadn't read that particular statistic that holiday spending is expected to be up. Um, I do find that interesting because inflation is still uh, still an issue in the economy. You know, we're, we're most of the time we're aiming for about mm-hmm. a two percent inflation rate, and we're still well above that. Uh, so that is a little bit surprising, and I would like to see kind of how Florida stacks up in that number relative to the United States. But I, I do think that that uh, that events like Pat is 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 organizing. I think that that's a wonderful idea because that could be. You could almost kind of kill two birds with one stone, right? One, you could support local businesses, you could support your local community, and two, you might find you know a, a unique present for Christmas. You might find something that is less expensive than you might find in a big box store. So I, I think that this is uh, that that's a wonderful event, um, but overall, that that four percent increase does surprise mm-hmm. me a little bit. Um, and I would, I, would, I would suspect that that's probably a national average, but I would like to see kind of where Florida stacks up in that. I don't have that information in front of me, though. Pat, back to you. Just talk about the timing of the event. It starts on Small Business Saturday, which is itself a marketing initiative started, in, I think, back in 2010 by American Express. But I wonder, do you, do you get a bit of shopping tailwind coming off of Thanksgiving yeah, and Black Friday? It, it, we do. And that's also, I think, the beauty of it, because people sometimes are now a little bit tired of of maybe going to the Black Friday sales and seeing some of the riot scenes that happen at some of the <laughs> at some of the big box stores. And again, we always joke around. We're not anti big box store. Everyone's got to make their dough. We get that. and We understand everyone serves a purpose. But this is where we get to say, hey, guys, if you enjoy beautiful Florida weather in November, right after you had Thanksgiving dinner and come on out that Saturday and Sunday and bring some comfortable walking shoes and visit some local and patronize local businesses. And you can get your Christmas shopping done there or shore up some of your shopping and just enjoy the Florida lifestyle. We see literally tens of thousands of people doing it every year. And we know we have our place in that chain. Um, so we definitely catch that Black Friday, getting ready for Christmas holiday, uh, that kind of, you know, uh, 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 excitement for, for shopping. So there's excitement, but you're not going to get broken Depending bones how much and you have to drink. ankles and things like that. It's, uh, no, that's what's so, it's so <laughs> chill and so laid out, uh, laid back. It's just, it's just, um, it's, it's wonderful. And, and, and that's what, you know, because it, it's family friendly. It's just such a great place. Like I said, you're outside, you're, the, you get the, the beautiful weather and there's throngs of people. Yes, we're not going to deny that there. I will guarantee you there's no trampling, though. <laughs> no trampling. I wonder, though, I mean, what, what makes this different from any other outdoor weekend market, aside from the size of it, because it's clearly pretty big, like, is there and is there something unique about St. Petersburg that makes this place more fertile, perhaps, for small businesses to thrive in an event like it's this? It's the partnership we've developed over the years with the city of St. Pete. In fact, they're they're uh, our co-sponsor, and and a shout out to Mayor Ken Welch. Thank you so much again for another great event. We're going to have at Benoit Park. Um, 
they we have such an eclectic downtown and St. Petersburg area for local shops and restaurants um, and to see people patronize that 365 days a year is amazing. So that partnership now we have with Vinoy Park that we've been doing for a few years now, it's the perfect place along the water right by St. Pete Pier. Um, and we just see people, it's almost like the epicenter in a way of our, uh, of, of the shopping because people know they can count on Shopapalooza at Vinoy Park every year on Thanksgiving uh, weekend. Mm-hmm. Michael, around this time last year, you were talking about how inflation and changes in people's shopping habits, how they shop, was making it a bit hard to predict holiday shopping trends. What about 12 months later? Because you talked about inflation, that's still being something that's lurking in the background. But is it a bit easier this time around to make some predictions about how? Yeah, so are all going? the all the macroeconomic indicators that I've that I've looked at, and I I, I, I tend to keep a fairly close eye on them. Or, uh, you know, like I said, they're all trending in the same direction. So, you know, the, the fact that spending is up, now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, if spending was down last year, then it's going to be easier for spending to be up this year. So we do see strong labor markets. We see people who were maybe long-term unemployed starting to come back into labor markets. They're going to bring income with them. And, and this could be a way that they could maybe kind of more efficiently spend their money. And so I, I do predict, I do think that we will have a, a strong holiday season, definitely one of the strongest in, in the past couple of years, really just kind of the fact that, that we're now starting to really kind of get back to normal from the COVID years. And I mean, we, there are some other things that we have to, to think about, you know, from a personal level or from a spending level, you know, what's happening with wages. Uh, but to kind of, to keep kind of a positive spin on it, I, I, I don't really foresee any reason to be pessimistic or anything other than optimistic about where the economy for the entire United States and especially the economy for Florida. I think it's all heading in the right direction. So aside from inflation, and you mentioned wages too, I mean, are there some other big challenges that Floridians in particular are facing this year? when it comes to how much they may be comfortable yeah, spending so with, over the holidays? With wages and prices, those two things kind of go hand in hand. But besides those two issues, which have been an issue for, for many, many years, you know, we, we do see so much growth recently in Florida, uh, growth in population, growth in businesses. And that is one of the things that has led to Florida having a, an inflation rate that's higher than, uh, than the rest of the country. So this this growth that we're seeing in the population and all the new construction that we're seeing, I think that is going to be interesting to see how long kind of this this rejuvenation lasts, whether it's something that is is kind of a, a temporary reaction to the past couple of years, or are we really now kind of facing a, a new reality? And I think events like this are interesting because it might be part of the new reality, and I think in a positive way. In that we might see the labor force shifting more towards kind of self-employment or small businesses as people leave kind of bigger jobs that maybe didn't have the wages or maybe didn't have the amenities that they were requiring. I mean, I, I think it's very reasonable to expect a lot of, of small businesses to start to pop up. And I think an event like this is good because if nothing else, it's a way for them to get their foot in the door and get their, their brand exposed, if nothing else. But it also will help the consumer 
-hmm. in that a lot of the times you're going to find unique, uh, unique things. Prices could be a little bit better. And so I, I think it's really kind of interesting. And I think it's reflective of where the economy and the labor market has been heading for, for the past couple of years. I think it's kind of an interesting transition. Are you, do you follow things, Michael, like what the kind of big ticket items may be around holiday shopping seasons, you know, things that kind of must haves that are really driving people's uh, yeah, shopping well, I, I think the classics are always there. You know, I, I have a 10 year old daughter and, you know, her list is everything Harry Potter. Uh, and it's, it's, you know, she's asking now for a new tablet and a new iPhone. And, mm. you know, the, the classic stories there, you're always going to have mm. your sales on your televisions and your computers and things of that nature. And those tend to be the big ticket items really every single, uh, every single holiday season. So there's not necessarily one particularly hot item that I see, especially for adults. Um, but yeah, I mean, events like this do provide an opportunity to get something that is uh, unique and maybe one of a kind. Pat, what, what are you seeing? Like, a, is there a, a, a trend that you've noticed in terms of the kinds of vendors who are applying to be part of Shopapalooza? Or do you get some kind of uh, must-have item that tends to pop up at multiple stores? I mean, that one, I, like I, I really don't know. I'm seeing um, just, um, like like Michael mentioned, you know, some of the unique stuff that the, the, the local independent um, uh, shoppers can make and create, that's what it's all about. Um, and we are seeing that where, especially since the COVID year, because we've had some small businesses who had brick and mortars literally had to close down. And then they reopen again, either as uh, an online store uh, or, you know, uh, some kind of a mobile store. So seeing that, I think also really wet their creativity. Um, but when it comes to, um, you know, we have some vendors would like say like the quote unquote big ticket items. But at a Shopapalooza event, if you are coming to um, as a vendor, you know, trying to sell a, a one item that might be 400 bucks, that might be out of the price range of an event that we do where most people are going to be going vendor to vendor and spending maybe 400, 500 mm -hmm. the whole day throughout uh, with vendors. So we also kind of know the kind of people we don't want to waste their time. We want them to be productive and make money. Um, so we also let them know that, you know, sometimes this, this may not be the event for you if you're selling some really high end, maybe artwork, uh, craftsmanship type stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Is this though, I mean, how important would this event be for, for some of these vendors? Like, is this kind of the, the marquee thing that yes. they're, they're looking yes. towards? We've had, I, I gotta tell you that that's what makes it, it gives me goosebumps. When you, when some of the vendors, they talk about, um, uh, Hey guys, w w before Shopapalooza, I've done three other events this year and I made, more money in my two days at Shopapalooza than I did in my all previous events combined. Um, and when you hear stuff like that, we know people, we have about a 70% return rate of, of vendors who are with us. So before, with previous Shopapaloozas, and they know that this is their weekend. This is the one where they bring home the bacon. And it's so cool to hear those stories the following week when they go, wow, 
that was so incredible. We ran out of this, we ran out of that, and we made more money than we did this whole year, or we made more money than we did at last year's Palooza. And there's so many great stories like that. And it's a testament to the people coming out, you know, the shoppers. Mm -hmm. Are you a little bit weather dependent? I mean, I guess it's usually things are pretty, um, pretty settled in November, but has there ever been a year when you've been rained out? And well, now you almost jinxed it. Thank God you didn't say the real W word, but you're right. No, knock on wood, <laughs> knock on wood. Um, I think literally we only had one Palooza a few years ago that had a light sprinkle on a Sunday, maybe. But this is another reason why we pick it. We're, we're exclusively outdoors. So whatever happens, happens. Um, and that's why this time of year, my goodness, the snowbirds come down this time of year. We're enjoying, you know, weather in the upper 70s, roughly, um, you know, along the water, like I said, by the St. Pete Pier at Vinoy Park. It's the most beautiful scene. Um, so knock on wood, hopefully we'll continue the, uh, the great weather. What did you all do during COVID then? You, you had to basically put it on hold for a year. What, what kind of impact did that have on it? Like, did people go to other events or did they, were they just waiting around for you to reopen? Uh, I, from what I saw from the other vendors, we were all doing the same thing. We were just kind of, you know, camped out at home or thinking about hmm, how long is this going to last? Are we going to have any more festivals? Are we going to be, and this is what, what I was talking about previously about some folks unfortunately had to shut down business because that literally uh, with no business for that year, literally shut them down. So then they th said, we need to think of something else. So we all were just kind of hoping and praying that we'd get through 2020 uh, and then get back to it. And, and just mm -hmm. that wherewithal and, um, you know, that that uh, that positive thinking got everyone back to, OK, we're going to get back to out, outside festivals. And as soon as you say shop a Palooza, we're going to be there again. And that was one of our biggest and best Paloozas uh, right after COVID. That was it, that was pretty insane. Michael, I just wanted to come back to you for a moment and some more of that uh, National Retail Federation data from their most recent press release. One of the things they note too is um, a change in online shopping. They're saying that in terms of what to expect there, they're looking like a 9% increase in online shopping this holiday season over last year. Um, how does that kind of tell you with what you're seeing? Because it seemed to me that uh, maybe that's one of the things that that is permanent since the pandemic. It's it's not ever going to go back to the kind of mix of brick and mortar and online. Yeah, I mean, Walmart's always going to be there. Target's always going to be there. Um, you know, of course, I say that you know, thirty years ago, you would have said Sears is always going to be here. So, I mean, there is there is some unpredictability, but I, I sure. think that what what kind of the biggest change that's happened as we've come out of the pandemic has been this shift in the type of work and the type of jobs that are getting done that are there. You know, I, I think that workers are kind of starting to realize that there's, there's more to life. There's important things beyond just a wage. You know, I, I need support for childcare or I need, you know, transportation support, whatever the case may be. And if I can do that from home and eliminate all of those other things that I need and, you know, at the same time work for myself, maybe if I'm not working remotely for a bigger company, that's going to be appealing for a lot of people. 
So the fact that we've seen this nine or expect a nine, 10 percent increase in online shopping, I think that that's really just kind of another indicator that we're moving more towards people working for themselves or working at home, uh, an increase in online shopping. And really, this is a trend that's been going uh, it's been going on. It's been happening for you know the past decade or so. This this shift from kind of physical purchasing to buying things online. I mean, just look at the rise of Amazon over the past ten years. I mean, my goodness. So I, I think that it is really just kind of indicative of where the economy is going. And and the COVID years, you know, when people started to work from home, what I think I think that really just kind of accelerated things more than anything else. I think that's where the economy was pointing was more online economic activity, uh, workers demanding, you know, amenities that firms provide amenities that are really going to be helpful for them in their daily lives. And so I really think that this is just kind of an indication Mm -hmm. that this is where the economy is going. This is definitely where the economy is going. And COVID really just kind of accelerated some of those effects. There is this whole sort of economy around retail holiday retail though right because i mean you talk about um people maybe working for themselves or working online working from home rather than going to a place of a physical place of work but you know retailers do hire more staff for the holidays and there's also specific holiday shops that pop up like spirit halloween for example um what are the trends there though are you seeing maybe less of that as as there's more of this kind of shift to yeah, well, well all of those jobs, those, those kind of those, t- those holiday jobs, those are really temporary by design. And they're, they're not meant to be permanent jobs. You know, they're not meant to be jobs that people are going to work for 20 years and retire on. So those those temporary holiday jobs, I mean, I don't really expect those to, to really go anywhere. Um, and they've been here for for years and years and years. But those are again, you know, like like I said, those those are by design temporary jobs that really aren't going to give us a good indicator as to where things are going and where trends are going overall. Um, and even you know some of the big uh, data houses that the government has, you, know, you may see terms like seasonally adjusted. So seasonally adjusted unemployment, seasonally adjusted prices, and what they do when they do that is mm-hmm. essentially what they're doing is they're acknowledging kind of the temporary nature of these jobs. So those temporary jobs have always been there. And you know, if, if we're hiring more of these people for some of these temporary holiday jobs, I think that's really kind of separate from the big picture. Because uh, the big picture of people actually working jobs and careers, that's really, I think, where, where the interesting things are happening. That's where a lot of the dynamics are happening and where a lot of the changes are happening. So a lot of these kind of temporary jobs, it's good for people mm-hmm. to earn some extra income so they can spend it on Christmas gifts, so they can spend it on other things that they might need. But really, if what we're interested in is kind of big picture trends as to where we're going, some of those temporary holiday jobs are really just kind of more of a, a blip more than anything else. I wanted to just throw a little more data at you if I could, Michael, I was having a look at um, the Bureau of Economic and Business Research. I think that's the acronym over at the University of Florida. And according to them, consumer sentiment was down in October for the second consecutive month. That to me seems like a little bit of it's at cross purposes to what we're hearing from the likes of the National Retail Federation and the sort of macroeconomics that you're talking about in terms of the economy's doing well. 
how do you how do you sort of balance those two things up and what would that tell you about people's um you know spending habits going into yeah so i, the, I think uh, at least part of the reason season. why we are seeing kind of consumer confidence being down is is we're really kind of in if you will a transition period kind of a, a short run equilibrium in kind of moving towards the way things are going to be five years from now and moving forward so any time that we have kind of a, a big you know especially with covid when we have a huge shock to the economic system i mean that's something that's something that's going to the, the ripples of those effects are going to be felt for years but at the same time when we look at the economy and when we look at unemployment and, and we look at the just kind of the general state and health of the economy there was nothing really structurally wrong in 2019 or 2020 so when quarantine ended and we came back, the structure was still there. What happened was really just kind of a reconfiguration of where the jobs were. So the people who were working jobs and they had to, to commute mm -hmm. and they had to uh, go, into, go into physical buildings to work, and then they were working from home. Well, now when we're opening back up and we're basically 100% open, when the, these jobs that are looking to hire people were might have been jobs where people left and worked from home. So the jobs that are hiring and the firms that are hiring tend to be these jobs that people left in the first place. So some of that might be that there is some, mm -hmm. some churn as people kind of figure out and navigate where exactly I as an individual I'm going to fit in into this new economic reality there is going to be some churn. There is going to be some uncertainty. But I think that, you know, certainly within a couple of months, certainly within a year, five years, once things really start to settle down and we can really start to see the lay of the land, I think that that is something that's that's really going to give consumers confidence and, and lead to a, to a strong economic outlook. But at least temporarily, I mean, yes, we do still have to find jobs. We do still have to find those jobs and those firms that are offering these these amenities and if i can't well i mean it's you can't just start up a small business it's something that takes time it's something that takes passion hmm. and that's something that again it's it's going to take time and so i think that if we see consumer confidence down a little bit for the past two months i think really what that's reflective of is people just adjusting to the new reality the new economic reality the new spending reality the new working reality more than anything else Things like Small Business Saturday, Cyber Monday, other kind of target days for retailers, how much of a difference uh, can they make? In terms of just revenue, I mean, there, there's a reason why they call it Black Friday, right? So Black Friday is when they move from the red into the black mm -hmm. and they start to start to earn money. So one of the things that, and this is really going to be something that's going to affect businesses more than it will consumers, is businesses are going to have to acknowledge the fact that online retail is already important, but it's going to become even more important in, in the future. And so anybody who is thinking of starting a business or even an established you know, national brand like Walmart, that's something that they're going to have to adjust to. And that's just going to be the new reality moving forward is this, this increase in importance in online, in online retail and shopping. That's just the way things are going. That's, that's the new reality. And so if we do want to have a brick and mortar, we want to have a solid physical location that might not necessarily be reflecting the new reality. And so I think that that events like this, this, the shop of Palooza, I think that that is, you know, like I mentioned earlier, a way that, we, that these small vendors could get their feet in the door and say, you know, 
hey, these are the products that I have for sale, for offer. Here, scan my QR code and that'll take you to my website. I think that would be a smart thing to do because I think that, mm -hmm. especially for small businesses that in no way are going to be able to afford a 30,000 square foot warehouse, I think that that's going to be the way that that small retail is going to be moving forward. You know, Etsy's becoming bigger and, and some of these other kind of online, you know, organizations that kind of organize small businesses, those are becoming more important. So, yeah, I, I think it's just, again, kind of reflective of the new economic reality that we're seeing. Pat, is that what you're hearing from the vendors that well, uh, I was just going to say, uh, Michael made a great point because right here in my neck of the woods in Pasco County, um, one of our Palooza uh, uh, folks, Nathan Ward, is opening up a place called Florida Candle Company on Main Street in Newport Ritchie, Florida. And his idea is this. He has this building on Main Street, beautiful downtown Main Street, Newport Ritchie, but he's also bringing in other vendors, several other vendors who can't afford rent on their own brick and mortar. So he's going to have them come in to be able to sell their goods out of his store as well. And then they'll all be able to collaborate together on one um, rent. So that's another thing that some of the local businesses are doing where they go, man, I would love to open up my own place or maybe even get my own mobile truck, but I can't afford it. Maybe I can move in with this at one, under one roof with these other folks and almost have like a little mini shop of Palooza, so to speak, where you have a bunch of vendors in one building. So that's that's also another thing that I'm seeing a little more of now. And that, and that's something this 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 kind of this mm -hmm. co-work a lot of um, trend that that we've seen. This is it's really kind of an interesting thing because mm -hmm. you know as we see kind of a you know the rise of people being able to work remotely and wherever they want. I mean, they're going to have to have a place to work. So these, 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 if we can get a group of people to come together and, you know, afford a brick and mortar and afford the rent that comes with it, um, that is something that we're seeing. And it's going to be something that's interesting to see moving forward, whether this kind of maybe, if you will, co-op style of, of selling things for small businesses. I think that that's a trend that I think really should be explored. I think that that's something that can definitely give some of these smaller businesses, some of these independent businesses, at least a shot at competing with some of the bigger, uh, bigger stores. So Pat, is Shopapalooza going to branch out into some kind of mini events? Is that, is that what you're saying? Or are you just saying this is kind of the model and it may not be Shopapalooza the name, but it, it's the same oh, sort of yeah, idea? Oh, yeah, I was just making it up scale. as an example. I mean, a much smaller scale, obviously, if he puts a few vendors in. But just the idea of it is very exciting. Mm. But I mean, um, uh, but uh, Esther Venuzio, the creator of Local Shops 1 and Shopapalooza, you know, she does other events throughout the year. I mean, just just works tirelessly to work with and promote and sustain local businesses and, and, and uh, throughout the Tampa Bay area. But again, Palooza really is shop of Palooza is our big, uh, our big, uh, big event annually. Yeah. And do some of the vendors have for the rest of the year, they just have an online presence and this may be the only kind of actual storefront they have, or do they all have some kind of physical presence? No, some are literally just out of trucks, like mobile stores, just like, like, like a food truck, so to speak. Um, some just literally, this is what they do for a living. They have their items, whatever they make, and then they go to other events and festivals, not just in Florida, 
but maybe around the southeast of the country or just travel around the country. And that's how they do year round. That's what they do. Um, others I know have brick and mortars and they will do local events around town, but the Palooza is their big one that they can't wait to get to. So uh, there is a definitely um, a variety of, of how folks are doing things. Uh, and like Michael mentioned, how they're just changing nowadays to kind of fit what best suits them. Mm -hmm. So for people who are interested in checking this out, yeah, uh, uh, everything and everything you need is at shoppapaloozafestival.com. Again, it's going to be uh, uh, Thanksgiving weekend, uh, Saturday and Sunday, November 25th and 26th, 10 a.m. to 5, free admission, pet friendly, family friendly. We have a trolley that's going to be running uh, uh, if you want to park in downtown. It will get you there. We encourage green. We encourage you to walk, skateboard, bike, all that good stuff because parking is, um, you know, a little limited. But, I mean, uh, all the information is at shoppapaloozafestival.com. All right. Final question for both of you. Um, what's on your holiday shopping list? What, do you, what are yeah. your... Uh, <laughs> items that you're looking to buy and stuff that you want to get in your Christmas stockings, potentially. Yeah, well, uh, my daughter is uh, just now entering the uh, tween years, if you will. So she's now starting to ask for some of the bigger ticket uh, electronic items. So for the first time ever uh, since her birthday mm -hmm. or different holidays, we're starting to see iPhones and iPads uh, mm -hmm. start to appear on Christmas lists. So whether or not we'll do that uh, remains to be seen. Uh, I myself, um, I'm a bit of a nerd and I like obscure things. So I'm always up for, you know, books. Books are always good for me. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm always good for books. Man, um, uh, mm -hmm. I mean this truthfully for Christmas or for the holidays. I just want the best possible shop of Palooza event we can put on. <laughs> That's what I want. Sounds good. Well, I want to thank you both for your time. We've been speaking with um, Pat Largo with Shoppapalooza. Pat, thank you so much. And Michael Snipes, instructor in economics at the University of much. South Florida. Thanks, Michael. All right, let me just stop this recording.